Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Thank you, everyone, for joining today's episode of How Did They Do a Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Sayla Prack. Today, I am honored to be joined by Stephanie Bodrini. Stephanie is the principal at Monte Carlo's Real Estate Investments, a firm that focuses on self-storage investing. Originally from Brazil, she moved to Silicon Valley at the age of 18. After a successful career in tech sales, she decided to become a real estate investor after receiving inspiration from successful investors in the area. She has over five years of experience in the industry and a track record of successful investments in a range of commercial properties, including self-storage, car washes, and short-term rentals. So Stephanie, thank you so much for spending time with me today. How are you doing? I'm excellent. Thank you so much for having me, Sayla. I appreciate it. So Stephanie, can you tell our listener a little bit more about yourself and how did you get started with real estate to begin with? Yeah, definitely. Besides my bio, I have been in the Bay Area since 2000. It's a long time and I was in tech sales and decided to get into real estate investing because I was dating somebody at the time that was an investor. And it became very clear that real estate is a fantastic investment with very little risk. In my personal opinion, you know, of course, you have to be careful and do your due diligence and everything else. So that's how I decided to learn everything that I could. And it's been a great journey so far. Oh, that's awesome. So Stephanie, can you tell us a little bit more about how the first time you dabbled into the real estate investments, like or possibly your first property? Mm-hmm. What's going on there? Yes. So it was a portfolio of some car washes and a self-storage facility. And the car washes are not doing well because it's an asset class that I had zero experience in. And I thought it would be very easy to transfer my skills to, but it turned out that it's not. So right now we're in the process of selling or converting them to self-storage. So that is how we're getting out of the car wash world. Got it. And you mentioned that you're now focusing on uh, self-storage. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. So how do you decide which asset class do you want to focus on? So a lot of people that I talk to, usually they're starting out either single family rentals or fix and flips. And then before they jump into the commercial real estate wall and you jump into self-storage, why you picked self-storage? Yeah. So my then boyfriend, he was a commercial investor already in retail. And I never really wanted to deal with people living in my property, meaning multifamily. So I was just listening to a podcast. I wasn't sure where retail was going. And someone said that self-storage is a recession-resistant asset class that does well in both good times and bad times. And I said, that's it. (laughs) That's the one I'm going to be focusing on. It made sense. It was pre these times right now. And we were at the corner of potential downturn. It was more than a decade that we didn't have one. So I decided to start learning everything I could about self-storage. And yeah, it's a great asset class. Of course, there's pros and cons for every single asset class. That's but true. Uh, so far, so good. <laughs> Where's your self-storage facilities? 
they're in Texas and I have some partnerships with storages in North Carolina, Colorado, and soon to be, I hope, in California. We're going to have a development here. Oh, that's nice. So this is possibly the question. So how do you select those markets? Right? I kind of understand Texas. And what about other markets? How do you know which market that you wanted to invest in for self-storage? Yeah, it's just like any other asset class. You just got to make sure that you have strong population. For me, I want a population growth. I want different industries so that it's not the next Detroit that they were completely dependent in the auto industry, a low poverty rate and strong demographics. So that is the very first step. For self-storage in particular, you just need to check neighboring properties. Are there any developments coming up? And what is the price of the units and things like that? So in order for you to be able to, of course, add value, you either increase rent, decrease costs, or you build more. So those are all the ways to add value in storage. So Stephanie, you mentioned that your property is out of state, right? So you live in California. Mm -hmm. Are there any tips or advices that you can give to self-storage operators to managing the properties, especially remote, far away, right? From California to Texas, to North Carolina, to Colorado. What are the things that you do to make sure that you are managing them successfully? Yeah, so it is not completely hands-off. Of course, you need somebody on site to at least check on your facility. It depends on how big it is, anywhere from once a day to once a week, and do some errands at the facility. Let's say somebody moved out, they need to put one of our locks there, make sure it's clean, and things like that. So you need a good person on site that you can rely on. Besides Mm -hmm. that, there are Many technologies, thank God, that makes remote management a lot easier than compared to 20 plus years ago. So those are having cameras everywhere. There are ways to know if there is movement inside each unit today, Mm -hmm. which is great. You get a notification. Of course, this costs money. And then there are ways of course, for the tenant to rent online Mm -hmm. and you give them one code that is unique to them for the gate and then they can get into their unit. So it's a great asset class for remote management, along with a few others that are more passive than storage, such as office, industrial and retail. Got it. So for the self-storage itself, so for your business plan, is it still there like a management on-site or is it more like there's no people managing the property at all, right? What's your strategy there? Ideally, no management on-site for the development that we're going to hopefully build in the next year. We will very likely have someone there for the rent up phase and then it'll be TBD once we are fully stabilized. But Got it. we're going to do our best to not have somebody on site full time. Got it. So the one in California is going to be new developments. And then the one, your other portfolios in other states, those more like a value-add properties? Yes, correct. Got it. So now, is there any difference of why you decided to build one as a brand new one here in California and instead of like getting an existing one for a value add here as well in California? Yeah, because it's hard to find. (laughs) It's extremely expensive to find a facility for sale here that has value add. I was not able to find one in California. So when you can't find it, you got to find another path. (laughs) 
That's right, which is building from ground up. So based on your experience in the last five years in the self-storage industrial, can you share some of the lessons that you learned along the way, the do's and the don'ts when operating a self-storage? Yeah, so I think it's extremely important. This is obvious, but it's very important for the people that for you to do your own investment first with your own money, because you're going to make all the mistakes with your own money and not other people's money. So that is number one priority for anyone wanting to come into any asset class. Number two, what I learned on my own facility is putting cameras right away is extremely important. I did not put cameras right away and we had break-ins and it was a nightmare to deal with that and very costly because we didn't want to make an insurance claim. So we just fixed everything ourselves. So yeah, cameras is number one. And then, of course, somebody watching those cameras. So we have somebody watching them at night in another country where it's daytime for them. So I don't feel so bad about them being awake mm-hmm. during the evening time. And of course, having a very good, solid, responsible on-site person, as well as a backup person in case that person needs time off or needs to go somewhere for a week or more. Those are the two main things I'd say are important. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Got it, got it. And in your opinions now, at the recording of this episode is at the end of July of 2023. How does self-storage asset class look like going forward at the second half of 2023 and also 2024? With the interest rates, I think sellers are finally starting to understand that there is no way for people to buy unless they're doing seller financing or putting a huge down payment at the same cap rates. So hopefully we'll see more and more cap rate increases over time. Right now, as you probably know, a lot of properties had three, five, seven-year fixed rates. So a lot of them are have their loans coming up, not only, of course, for self-storage, for all the other asset classes. So for the owners that were not able to add value, hopefully that will be opportunities for us to buy at a discount. So I think these times are phenomenal times to buy. So have cash or have investors ready. And you need to find investors that understand that these are the best times to buy real estate. Stephanie, you mentioned about to add value, right? So what are some of the things in your business that you do in order to add value to your self-storage facilities? Yeah. So it's either get increasing rents or decreasing costs, also expanding the facility. You can also add, they call tenant insurance. So we keep a percentage of tenant insurance when we add that to our tenants or make it a requirement. So those are some of the main ways to add value. And of course, it can be cosmetic, it can be other things depending on the facility. 
So for these facilities, you mentioned about expanding it. How easy it is to expand additional self-storage units? It depends on the state. <laughs> so let's just say Texas, like one of your properties there. Texas is easy compared to California. <laughs> Just stop building? How does no, it work? No, of course not. You need to get approvals from the city and it really varies by city, county, state. The simple way to say it is red states are known to be more business friendly, so they are easier mm -hmm. to get things approved. That's not to say that it's not an advantageous to build in blue states because the barriers of entry are a lot higher as well. So... There's pros and cons for both. <laughs> so at the beginning of the episode, you mentioned about start investing with your own money first, right? Mm -hmm. So that you learn all the mistakes and everything. So at what point you started your business, the Monte Carlos Real Estate Investments? Can you tell us a little bit about your company? Yeah, definitely. So I've been doing this for over five years and we're just now raising our first syndication And it's very exciting. We're just going to be growing through syndications moving forward in the self-storage space and potentially other asset classes in the future. But right now, we just want to double down in self-storage. And why you uh, decided to do syndication now? I mean, you've been doing successfully on your own. And why decide to do the syndication route this time? Because right now, I don't have a money printing machine. So I need to partner up with other people to <laughs> grow the business. That makes sense. That totally makes <laughs> sense. And so how does, if a limited partner is actually uh, listening to the show right now, what is the typical structures for your business syndication? Yeah, it really depends on the deal, honestly, depending on how much value add, how much return for our investors. Right now, we are targeting conservative, hopefully, a conservatively 16 to 18% returns IRR for this syndication we're currently finalizing. So it really depends on the opportunity, but this is what we are targeting for the existing project we have. So typical for the structure, if our listeners listening to right now, so is it a typical like a 70-30 split, somebody going to the limited partners, 30 to the GP, or that that's how you envision? It's a waterfall sometimes, sometimes mm -hmm. it's straight. So it really depends. We really want to look at IRR first mm -hmm. and a pref to our investors first, and then we get paid after all of that. So got it. The goal is the IRR first, and then we'll have to split accordingly after that. Got it. So Stephanie, are you still working with your W2? No, <laughs> as a TikTok, not anymore. Right. So at what point you decided to make that jump and what's going through your mind knowing that real estate is going to work? I'm going make this decision and quit my job and do real estate full time. What's helping you making that decision? Yeah. So don't do what I did. I quit before finding a deal. And my mentor said, don't quit until you find a deal. So it took me a good two years to find a deal. and. What goes through my mind is when you're a good, fantastic employee, there's always work available. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, if, if this doesn't work, I'll, of course, always be able to get a mm -hmm. job because I was good at my job. Thank God. So if you're good, you can come back to the workforce. So that's what goes through my mind. Got it. So what is one thing that sets successful people apart when they investing in real estate? I think that 
you have to be very diligent on your due diligence. Don't just go buy something because you want to buy something and you want to say that you bought something. It's okay. It's okay to grow slowly. Right now we're seeing all of these people that didn't do their proper due diligence or they bought at three and a half, four percent cap rates. They're in trouble right now. And when everything was going up and up and up, it was easy for me to feel that I was behind. But now I'm ahead because I was conservative. So mind your own game and don't worry about what others are doing. So many people raised $300 million or $100 million and like from zero to that in like three years. I think a lot of those people are in trouble right now. Got it. Got it. So Stephanie, is there anything else regarding self-storage that you would like to share with our listeners that I haven't asked? Self-storage is not super hands-off. So think about what is important to you. Is your time important? Is return more important? Or you don't really care about spending a lot of time managing your asset. So think about that before deciding on your asset class. We still have move outs happening. We still have people calling here and there. It's not as much as, of course, multifamily, but there are still moving parts and it's not a five, 10 plus year lease like industrial or other asset classes. So just think about what is important to you before deciding on an asset class. That's awesome. So Stephanie, thank you so much for spending time with me today to talk about real estate journey and to giving us about the lessons that you learned from running your own self-storage facilities and how to manage them remotely and also the self-storage asset class and what's going on with your business coming up with the new developments here in California as well. Best of luck to you on that. So if our listener wanted to find out more about you, about your syndication, about your business, where can they go? Thank you so much for having me, Sela. I really appreciate it. My website is monicarlorei.com and I'm also on LinkedIn. So reach out to me anywhere that is easiest for you and we'll talk. Sounds good, Stephanie. Thank you again. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.